question is this, how do we get two groups of people to come together? Those that are completely disengaged with what I call their personal physical health status and those people who are in love with their physical health status and doing something about it. How do we bring them together so that everybody fits into the second category of falling in love with their physical health, lowering their risk of disease and feeling amazing? We're going to find out in today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the new science of physical health. I'm so glad you're back with us after the previous episode, which I've published about 10 days ago. It's a great fantastic weekend here in Australia and it's a little bit wet and I'm, I am record in different places. Sometimes I go to the studio and I record these episodes. Sometimes I'm driving down the freeway, I put the phone in the cradle and I record as I think, listen to my thoughts in my own head and want to get those thoughts out as I'm hurtling down the freeway as in previous episodes. Today, I'm not in the studio. I'm not hurtling down the freeway, but you might be able to hear a few sounds in the background. We have our lovely bird here in, uh, in the house. Uh, there's, it's raining out the back. And so there's a bit of noise in the background, but I'm in a relatively quiet place. And I have some thoughts, some follow-up thoughts from the previous episode that you may have heard called Celebrity Heart Health Catastrophe. So we've had here in Australia in recent times, very recent times, some major sporting stars from Australia and also from New Zealand have catastrophic heart health episodes. And when I say heart health, I actually mean heart and blood vessel health. It's not just, when we talk about heart health, there's a saying that, that you may well have heard of, depending on the country you live in, all roads lead to Rome. Well, the roads inside the human body is a blood vessel network. I found that I did some uh, reading on this and I looked at some medical research websites and there are enough blood vessels inside the human body, my body, your body, to wrap around the entire planet one time. That is ridiculous. But if you think about it, I, I, I know a little bit about the anatomy of the human body. And you think about it that you have, this is an example of why that's true uh, or it supports why that's true. You have inside your lungs something called alveoli sacs. They are air sacs. So you have, and this, this is all blow your mind, you have about 250 million of those air sacs in your left lung and 250 million of those air sacs in your right lung. When you breathe in air, your body needs to extract the oxygen in order to survive. As we all know, you go underwater where there's no oxygen or into space and you have no breathing apparatus, you don't survive very long because your body can't get access to oxygen. Here's what you might not know, and there's some great um, animations and also some very uh, 3D diagrams, or, or not 3D, 3D um, visual representation of ale alveoli air sacs. And the air sacs, that's easier to say than alveoli, um, and the air sacs, every single one of them have blood vessels, not one blood vessel, but blood vessels surrounding the air sac. They have an artery and a vein, like, like you can't see it with a human eye, totally minuscule, but it, they have, you have blood vessels around every single air sac. Remember how many air sacs I said you have? 250 million in your right, left lung, 
250 million in your right lung. And what happens is you breathe in air and then your blood vessel extracts the oxygen out of the air. It diffuses across the wall of the blood vessel and then it gets into the blood vessel inside your body and then oxygenated blood, that's blood with red blood cells inside these tiny blood vessels. Think about how small that is. In 500 million of them inside your lungs, it then carries oxygen um, that has been bound to the red blood cells into oxygenated blood to your heart, and then your heart pumps that around your body. So you have blood vessels, multiple blood vessels around every air sac, and that's just your lungs. It doesn't count the human brain. It doesn't count your arms. doesn't count your legs. doesn't count your back, your chest, your face. That no wonder you have. Then get your kidneys where there's blood vessels and arterioles all throughout your kidneys. It, it, no wonder there's enough blood vessel distance to wrap around the planet one time. So I wanted to bring this up about as a follow-up episode to celebrity heart health catastrophes because I've been talking to several people in the last few days who've had their own heart health catastrophes. And I find this very, and, and I talked to lots and lots and lots of different people from all over the world. And now I've got the fortunate thing with this uh, show now with the new science of physical health. We've just been uh, picked up our 82nd country, so 82 countries. In fact, I might even look at this live while I'm here. Um, the last time I checked was 82 countries and a tad over 1,000 cities around the globe that are listening to this program. Yep, we're at 82 countries and a little bit over 1,000 cities. So I'm very, very excited about that situation. And in our country of Australia, we've had these celebrities recently who've passed away from catastrophic, completely calamitous cardiovascular events, remembering that that's the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death, both premature death and death in general. Number two are cancer events, no less insidious. And this is really important. You drive up your heart health, it has a cascading effect, which I love that word, cascading, because it visualizes what it is, as a cascading effect once you drive up, as you drive up your heart health, of improving the conditions in the structure and function of the human body systems, improving your overall physical health and driving down something called all-cause mortality. That's all reasons for death, including cancer events, the number two leading cause of sickness, disease, and death worldwide. So on that basis... I wanted to just touch base and, and, and as I've been talking to these people, literally in lots and lots of different countries who've recently had their own cardiovascular event, when I've spoken to them, uh, one of the, the theme that continues to come through and the reason I've created my, you can see the link in the show notes, my brand new book, Drive Up Your Heart Health. It's an audio book. With, I'm excited to say this, a printed audio book supplement. It's about 110 pages. It'll come in a hardback version and a paperback version. For those people who aren't necessarily just audio listeners, I've sat down as I've got feedback and said, the people have said, we'd like a printed version. 
I don't like recording. I don't like writing full books. It's a long time. Audio books are much faster. I much prefer to be able to do an audio book supplement, which will give you the really key, critical, important parts of the audio book in a printed version for those who like it. So that's available. The link is in the show notes. So as I talk to people about driving up their hard health, and I, you know the people that I know, not necessarily celebrities, and then I see these articles, and you may have some in your country of celebrities that have passed away, so sports stars, actors, presidents, kings, and the whole list goes on. And in the previous episode, I talk about that. But it occurred to me as I'm talking to these people in recent times, since the previous episode in this show, that so many people don't have any surface level understanding of how these heart health catastrophes happen or heart and blood vessel health, not just heart health. How do they actually occur? And I want to give you just a really brief synopsis. I'm going to be done on this episode, nice short episode today. That And here it is. This is what I've been talking to people about. If my father, who passed away at age 46, I used to think I was 47, but we did a, I did a recalculation. He was about to turn 47. He's actually 46. My father, who passed away from this sudden massive heart attack when he was age 46 and I was 22, so some time ago now, when he passed away, what he didn't know, what I'm, I'm pausing here on purpose because I'm trying to get this in the right sequence. What he didn't know were there that there were both molecular and physiological adaptations occurring inside his body 20 years. So when he was 26 and 27 and 28 and 29 and 30 and 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, and a 46, those negative molecular and physiological health adaptations that he could not see had been developing for at least 20 years inside his body became calamitous to the point where he died suddenly on age 46 standing next to my mother while they were looking at buying a brand new home to start a new life in the country town that they'd just moved into. There's a bird in the background. You may have heard that. There you go, a little bluey. That's his name. Um, so that event that happened to my father all those years ago, fast forward now to today as you're listening to this and you listen to the previous episode in this in series of the new science of physical health and you, I discovered the exact same lack of even surface knowledge of molecular and physiological health adaptations still exists. So for all of our advancement in both access to knowledge, access to information, medical research, I contend this is my supposition, another word I love using, this is my supposition. There has not been any progress in flipping complex medical research, really powerful, useful complex medical research from on a global basis into simple lessons we can use. That hasn't happened. That's why people like my father, back in 1989 when he passed away, did not even have a surface level understanding of the 
complex physiological and molecular adaptations, negative ones that were happening to him, and they weren't happening in 1989 alone. They're happening in 1988. They were most likely, almost certainly happening in 1966 when he was 24 years old, the year that I was born. They're almost certainly happening. Negative molecular and physiological health adaptations that would lead to an increased risk of him and millions of other people having a cardiovascular event. Fast forward back to today, we have one of the Australia's, and you can look this person up if you don't live in Australia or you don't come from a country where the, this person's actually known on a worldwide basis. Um, his name is Shane Warne, and he was a, one of our most famous, a sporting legend. And Shane Warne was 52 years of age. From all intensive purposes, when you looked at him, and he did media work. He was a sports commentator now. Like many pro athletes, he retired from that and then became a professional sports commentator. A really good one too, by the way. And a very entertaining guy, very um, effervescent, very flamboyant, well-known across many countries. Like if you live in England listening to this, you know who Shane Warne is, most likely, almost certainly. Um, engaged to Liz Hurley. Everybody, many people around the world know who Liz Hurley is. Um if you live in India, you know who Shane Warne is. He's revered over there. He was one of the best ever um, cricket players in the history of cricket. If you live in New Zealand, if you live in South Africa, if you live in Sri Lanka, if you live in, live in Bangladesh, if you live in Scotland, Ireland, Wales, all of those types of countries, anywhere where sport of the sport of cricket is well known, you know who Shane Warne is. And he passed away catastrophically out of nowhere, almost identical to my father. It's a different location and some 35 years later. He was 52. My father was 46. It was just that my father's calamitous event happened a couple of years earlier than it did for Shane Warne. It doesn't have to happen like that. because, And I'll tell you why. You can create with the correct dose of physical activity, which I go into inside my audio book. You can create positive molecular and physiological health adaptations that we can, not we, but medical science and the doctors that I work with and the research professors that I work with, which I won't go into here, from all genres of, of, of um, different education disciplines like cardiology and exercise physiology and cognitive neuroscience, molecular biology, medicine, public health, pediatrics, and the list goes on. All of those professors know that we can 100% guarantee to drive down your risk of a catastrophic cardiovascular event with the correct dose of physical activity. All right, all of that, how you do that, what are molecular health adaptations, what are physiological health adaptations, how do you create them with the correct dose of physical activity, how do you track it? with modern technology, all of that I have put into my brand new audio book called Drive Up Your Heart Health because I'm, I'm not just dismayed, I'm almost heartbroken when I see the same lack of even surface knowledge from 40 years ago when my father 
exist today in, I must have spoken to a dozen people around the planet in the past seven days about cardio, their cardiovascular events. And I look at it and I go, this just doesn't exist on any level, this conversion of complex medical research into simple lessons that we can all use. That's why I created the full-blown PE Teachers Health Lab, which if you click on the link in the show notes and go to the audio book, you'll get to see what that is, the PE Teachers Health Lab. And the tagline that I've got now on my T-shirts and on my all my um, logos on the website you'll see when you go to the audio book is called Convert Complex Medical Research into Simple Lessons. That's what the PE Teachers Health Lab is as I've worked with over 100 PhDs in the past decade of my life. It's really simple. I want people to fall in love with understanding how to generate molecular and physiological health adaptations that will drive down their risk from the number one cause of sickness, disease and death on a worldwide basis. Cardiovascular events, heart and blood vessel disease, you typically know it as heart attacks and strokes, but it is way more than just that. All right, everybody, I'm done. I'm out of here. That's what I wanted to follow on from the previous episode. Most people have no idea of why these catastrophic events happen, but there is a reason, and I go deep in the audiobook, and I go deep in the printed supplement, the hardback version, paperback version. All right, thanks, everybody, for joining me. I'm so excited to share this new tool with you. Go ahead, click the link in the show notes, and we'll be back soon with the next episode of the new science of physical health.